I pray the Lord lets me do this this morning the way he let me do it at my office when I prepared it. Psalm chapter 32 and verse 7. Psalm 32, 7 if you would. I want to talk to you a subject that's going to rub the cat the wrong way. Y'all familiar with cats? Cats are a real temperamental animal. Cats are fickle. A cat, cats are a lot of, they're strange. They are temperamental, they're strange, they're fickle. <clears throat> They'll lick you one time, rip you, rip you the next time, bite you. And women love them. I don't know what that means. Men like dogs. But anyway, um, there was a reason I said all that. I'll, maybe I'll remember it, but um, I'm going to rub the cat the wrong way. That's why I said it. If you rub a cat the wrong way, they don't like it. They'll move around on you. And as a preacher, I am not, I cannot preach every Sunday stuff you like to hear. I'm not able to do that. I'm not, I have to answer to God for what I do, and you'll not be there to help me. And if I preach the least of the doctrines of the Bible wrong, I'm going to be called least in the kingdom of heaven. That's the promise of Jesus. So I take what I do extremely serious, hopefully serious enough. And what I'm going to say today is going to rub numbers of people. It's going to rub our whole, it rubs the whole, the whole direction of Christianity. I don't know if you know this or not, but Christianity in America is apostatizing. We're not doing better. We're not doing better than we were doing 40 years ago. We're doing much, much worse. In a big way, American Christianity is apostatizing. What does that mean? It means becoming like the world. There's, there's less and less difference between Christianity and the world. And that's not good. That's not good. It may fill the buildings up. It may get big, massive crowds to show up. Because they feel comfortable now. But if you're of the world and living in the world, you should not be comfortable in a spirit-led service. Why? Because the spirit is so different than the flesh. There actually is enmity or uh, a war going on between the things of the flesh and the things of the spirit all the time. Psalm 32, 7. Thou art my hiding place. I like that. Even now, during COVID, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. 
I'm going to emphasize this area of comforting me about with songs of deliverance. This is a secret in some sort, but spiritual people that walk with God know exactly what I'm preaching on this morning, know exactly what I'm talking about. Carnal people may not know, saved but carnal saved people may not understand what I'm talking about, and you may get offended. I don't mean to hurt you, I mean to help you. If I hurt you, it's the way your doctor hurts you when he's cutting out a thorn or burning off some skin cancer. This will just hurt for a second. I'm I'm here to help you, not hurt you. I have no desire to hurt you at all. But I want to help you by what I'm going to say. If you'll listen, if you'll just open your heart, may the Holy Spirit come through as I challenge some of your beliefs. The music he's talking about there with those songs of deliverance, he's not talking about contemporary Christian music. He's not talking about rock and roll, Christian rock. Uh, Those things, he's not talking about rock and roll, just period. He's not talking about dance music, world's music. He's talking something... Those things, those things are in opposition to God. God is not glorified by the works of the flesh. He's only glorified by the works of the Spirit. I'm going to read you some verses to solidify that with you. Romans 8, 5 through 8. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death, ultimately. But to be spiritually minded is ultimately life and peace. I add the word ultimately. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Boy, you got to get that. The natural way we look at things in the flesh is anti-God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. But So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Don't touch your nose. But man, when your nose itches, you just gotta, you just gotta touch it. I just shook hands with somebody with COVID. But anyway, I just gotta itch my nose. Let's repeat that. See if you can get that. See if you can do it. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Let's try it. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Let's do it again. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now what is fuzzy about that? The flesh and the spirit are at war against each other. There's no peace in this war. Death is all that ends the war between the spirit and the flesh. You never get too old without this war going on. We have 98-year-olds in this room. We have 94-year-olds in this room that are born-again believers. They are at war this morning. We have people in their teens. They are at war this morning if they're born-again believers. Now, if you're not a born-again believer, you're not at war because you're only flesh, no spirit, and there's nothing to war against. People that are not saved are all flesh, no spirit. They, they, uh, you know, they, they do what the flesh says. They, they obey the flesh. They follow the flesh because they are the flesh. 
But when you get born from above, the Holy Spirit comes in. Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit in whom God dwells. So God comes in. Soon as he comes in, there is a, there is a hand-to-hand cage fight war going on between the flesh and the spirit and the flesh and the spirit. Solomon, when he asked God for the one thing, he says, ask anything of me. And he says, let me have the diff- know the difference between good and evil. That's what you should be asking for, for. That's a good thing to ask for. Let me see the difference between good and evil. That presumes that it's not easy to tell the difference. Are you with me on that? Why would Solomon? He says, ask me anything you want. He says, oh, that I could be able to tell the difference between good and evil. He understood it wasn't easy. You could be deceived in thinking good was bad and bad was good. He said, oh, that I, God forbid. By the way, there's a special curse on people who call good evil and evil good. So it's important that you know the difference between good and evil. But you're not going to know it on a normal, natural basis. You're going to have to get it from God. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God are the only two sources you really have to get it so that you may know what's good, what's bad. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, 17 says, Then I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth. The word lust in the Greek there means to passionately desire. We always think of lust as a sexual thing. It can be. But it's a way bigger word than that. It has to do with uh, you can passionately desire a new automobile. You can passionately desire a new house. So you can lust after a new house. You can lust after a new car. You can lust after a woman. Or a woman can lust after a man. And all that can be sin. So I get that meaning. For the flesh passionately desires or lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. So the spirit lusteth for good things. He has passion. He brings in us a passionate desire for good stuff. The flesh brings with it a passionate desire for things that God hates. That that war. These are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things you would without God's help. First Peter four two says you no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. Galatians five twenty four. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. I want to emphasize with the affections. The flesh likes things, certain things. Example, the flesh. When I was a young man outside of God, I had a real affection for Jimi Hendrix. How many? How many Jimi Hendrix fans here? I had a real affection for Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin. Same hands. I had a real affection for LSD. How many going to admit that? A couple of you. You acid droppers. I had an affection for the Beatles. I had an affection for the Rolling Stones. I had an affection for... uh, uh, you know, I don't want to name it, but I have a bunch of them. The animals. Um, 
Now, you 20-somethings have just about, if you hadn't read history, you wouldn't have a clue what I was talking about. And God bless your souls. But I can tell you that one of the harder things when I got right with God was my flesh had a, it was a strong affection. It was a lust. Give it to me or I die. Every waking hour, I was listening to that head beating, pounding, screeching, guitar playing music. Woo! Yeah. I had eight tracks. God bless your soul. Throw the eight track in. It makes sense that people of the world and the flesh would want to worship God with that same kind of music. Bingo. What's going on today? People that are born from above but walking in the flesh, which you can, can, a, can, a, can a saved person walk in the flesh? I just read it to you. They are, for the sake of getting a crowd, for the sake of the income, it's, it's bodies, bucks, and buildings. BBB. Bodies, bucks, and buildings. That is the barometer of success in the average Christian church. Sad to say, not the depth of spirituality, not their walk with God, but it's the body building. You're successful if you've got a lot of bodies. But that's not success with God. They have brought in the music that they used to listen to. Now, I'm not talking about the words. No, 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 no. Please, don't start on me. I'm not, forget words. I'm talking about music. A song is a poem and music. And what's going on today and why there's an apostasy going on is the, the music of the world has been brought into the church because it's pleasing to the flesh. And they're calling good evil and evil good by saying that's not no, no longer flesh music when it comes from the world and moves through those walls into this church. All of a sudden, that which was not sanctified somehow is sanctified. By what? By the words. But the music never changes. Stays the same. Does the same. Accomplishes what it's sent out for it to do. And so it makes sense they use people, God's people, however, spiritual people, operating under the influence of the Spirit, operate from the Spirit. They desire a completely opposite type of music. And... and are repelled by the music of the world that they came out of in most cases and are turned off by that type of music, the rock and roll and all that stuff. It's often called CCM because it reminds them of their, the spirit, it, it reminds them of their days that they walked in the flesh. It reminds them of the former days of their life when they were without God. In the world. It makes sense that the world should not like our music, folks. It makes sense that the world should not like our music. Why? Because it's spirit-driven. These songs are not popular with the world. I am happy for that. I am not a bit surprised by it. Now, if I'm rubbing you the wrong way, you may have it wrong. 
Just maybe you could be wrong. These songs appeal to born-again believers. Why? Spiritual born-again believers want to do Why? It's something that resonates with the spirit which is in them. It does not cause them to want to get up and dance. We don't have to have a light show, lasers, and paint everything black. Why? Because that's what the world... I used to go to dances. Uh, In some way, I'm glad I was saved out of the world because I'm not ignorant of what they do. Dances are... uh, a, a, a cesspool of sensuality. It's men lusting on women, women shaking everything they shouldn't shake. They paint the place black, they put lasers, light shows, rock band, and they have a dance. I hate to say this, but that, looks, that sounds fairly familiar with what's going on in a lot of churches. It makes sense that the world does not like our music, but it makes sense that we do like it. Because the Holy Spirit passionately lusteth for spiritual music. Do you remember the verse we talked about at the beginning, Psalm 32, 7? Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Hymns and spiritual songs that the flesh hates. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Please go there. Colossians 3.16 could be a proof text for you. Because I'm not trying to convince you. Listen, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. If I try to, con- I can't out argue argue you on this or out prove you on this. I am appealing to the Holy Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit in you has to convince you from the inside out on this. Because if I convince you from the outside in, all I got is a robot. But if you get it like I got it from the inside out, nothing will sway you off of it. You have to kill me, shoot me to stop me. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with with psalms, put to music, hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I don't see anything there about worship. How do I worship God? By obeying and serving him. Now, there's some place that there's some place for worshiping God in song and and in spirit. But my majority that pleases God is when I do what he wants me to do, obey what he wants me to obey. I put him first in my life. That puts God number one. That honors him and worships him. It said the music that should be in the church should be teaching music and admonishing music. Well, brother, brother, that hymn book will do that to you. I'm going to give that some examples. I'm going to torment your souls this morning and sing to you. These songs are not, these songs of the church are not dance music, not popular with the world. 
But the, what the world, hey, sometimes in this war, we need to rest a while. That's what it says, right? Where the, you know, Psalm 32, 7 says, thou art my hiding place. We need a place to rest in the horror and turmoil and controversy and agitation and rage and sadness and grief and disappointment of this world. We need to sometimes come apart for rest and get strengthened up and recouped up, spiritual, re, revitalized spiritual power. Where do we get it? In songs of deliverance. Deliverance from what? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah. How does God preserve us from trouble? Well, He gives us a break, a shield. From the constant battle, we're soldiers of the cross. As, a, as described in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. Once in a while, we need to get out of the hot battle and recoup. That's what we're doing this morning. We need to tend our wounds. And, and sometimes we get wounded in battle. We get hurt. The fiery darts of the wicked do make their way through once in a while. We need a place of peace, a place to regain our spiritual strength. How? He compasses me about with songs of deliverance. It's the balm of Gilead to the weary soul. Glory. Preserving us from trouble is a temporary time of healing, but ultimately that promise goes past this life. No matter what we go through in this life, how's my future look? All right? You know? I mean, I, I may get shot tomorrow. I, I, may, I may get thrown in jail for the last few years of my life. Nice part about a life sentence at my age, it can't be too long. You can't only hurt me too much. You can't hurt me too much. And my life may end up in a slammer. But God still has delivered me from trouble. Because the trouble he's delivered me from is hell. And answering for my own sin. And he's taken all that away in Jesus. Ooh, I want to sing. The major element of the hiding place is music, according to the verse 32.7. How's he done all that? He, he encompasses me about with godly, spirit-based, Bible, true music. Music that does not remind me of where I came from out of the world, but excites the Holy Spirit within me, which is pure, by the way. Hey, hey, the Holy Spirit's God, manifest in the flesh, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is and was and is to come. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. How? Thou hast compassed me about with songs of deliverance. What kind of songs? Who can cheer the heart like Jesus by his presence all divine, true and tender, pure and precious? Oh, how blessed to call him mine. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. 
the fairest of 10,000 in my blessed Lord I see. He's compassed me about with songs of deliverance. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. You like that? You're singing it. The songs of deliverance got a hold of you a little bit. Songs like, How Great Thou Art. Songs like, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Songs like, His Name is Wonderful. Oh, His Name is Wonderful. His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. He is the mighty king. He's the master of everything. His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. I got more, but I can't give it to you. Songs like we just sang Victory in Jesus. Oh, I memorized that a long time ago. Victory in Jesus. There was a church I went to that when they would sing Victory in Jesus, that whole them old people got crazy. They got excited. They, they were old mill workers for 30, 40 years, made the same amount of money, lived in a little four-room shack. Never were going to have anything on this earth. But by the grace of God, the very mansions of heaven were prepared for them. When they heard Victory in Jesus, woo, the songs of deliverance swelled up around them. And they became, they went into the hiding place and received comfort in the time of trouble. And they had a lot of trouble. Oh, one of my favorite songs, D.L. Moody's favorite song. D.L. Moody's favorite song. The sands of time are sinking. The dawn of heaven breaks. The summer more I've sighed, more I've sighed for. The fair, sweet morn awakes. Dark, dark has been the midnight, but day spring is at hand, and glory, glory dwelleth in Emmanuel's land. My favorite verse of that song is this one. I hope I can do it. The bride eyes not her garment, but her dear bridegroom's face. I will not gaze at glory, but on my King of grace. Not on the crown he giveth, but on his pierced hands. The Lamb is all the glory in Emmanuel's land. He compasses, compasses me about 
with songs of deliverance. I hope you don't miss it. I hope you don't settle for the cheap world little ditties set to rock music. I hope you don't settle for the cheap surface songs. They're mostly about me. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I am blessed. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. People like that stuff? God forbid. Jim Baker's wife sang that first time I ever heard her sing. You remember him? As he was fleecing widows, building a theme park. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I saw a woman one time, I saw a woman with a t-shirt and had two smeared eyes and smeared nose and smeared lipstick. She said, I ran into whatever her name was at the, at the mall. She had purple hair before purple hair was popular. If you got purple hair, I'm good with it. I don't have to live with you. I may dye my hair purple. But do not settle for the cheap surface junk that wants to be substituted for the songs of deliverance. While those songs of deliverance, like I said before, age like good old 30-day ribeye. They're tested pure, found to be powerful over the centuries. And by the way, you're going to need them someday. You're going to need them because you're going to have time of trouble. And you're going to need a hiding place. And the hiding place is those songs of deliverance. When you're weary of the fight, fatigued of the battle, almost ready to quit, come. Come to these places, this, this, these songs of deliverance. Right, Brother Zut? Oh, it's good, isn't it? I love to talk to old saints. I love to talk to people who walk the path a little while. I like to get with them and start chumming them up a little bit about the songs of deliverance. We start crying. But it's not tears of sorrow, folks. It's tears of joy. We love songs like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We like songs like, everything's all right in my Father's house. In my Father's house, in my Father's house, everything's all right in my Father's house. Right now, where there's joy, joy, joy. My wife and I are coming up on our 50th anniversary. No party, no gifts. I don't want any party, no gifts. We've been blissfully married for 40 years. (laughs) 10 years of hell, but I mean, otherwise we made it. She speaketh the truth. (laughs) Imagine being married to me. God bless that woman. When I go to heaven, Tom, we won't even be able to see her house and her house in heaven. We're going to be out there somewhere in the slums if there is some in heaven. I'll bet the slums in heaven look better than the best thing down here. 
I hope you get this. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou, art the, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I'm, I'm going to say this, I quit. The modern church movement of today that I'm talking about. They despise this. How do I know? They got rid of it. They don't have them anymore. They got rid. When I go to when you go to church seminars where they're they're doing them, the first thing they tell these young preachers is get rid of the hymn books. First thing. Get rid of the organ, get rid of the piano, get rid of the churchy look because people today don't want to come into church just because they don't want to get right with God. Brother, when people need, need Jesus and they're, they're broken, they don't care what you're surrounded. They don't care if this looks like a church. They want to go to a place where they feel God has come. But these are the songs of deliverance. Now, this isn't the complete songs of deliverance. They're, these are in every language all over the world. You understand the songs of deliverance go all over the world in every language. You won't go to a culture that's not born-again believers. They don't have good, solid songs that are different from the world that they live in. But I'm, I'm talking to Americans here, so I stick with the context. Father, help us. Help us. Blessed Holy Spirit, would you make this happen? Make it happen. Father, Come. There could be one here this morning without Christ or Savior. They've never really repented of their sins and trusted Christ by faith, and they're on their way to hell. They're going to have to answer for their own sin when they stand before God someday. The Bible says, point unto man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. That's going to happen to everybody. You're not getting away from that. You are going to die, and you're going to stand before God. He's going to, if you're saved, then Jesus is going to take all your punishment himself, and he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter in the joy of thy Lord. If you are lost, that means you never trusted Christ. You put it off when you heard it. Don't believe it. You cannot believe. All you want to believe won't change a thing. Because what your, your disbelief is not going to change the facts of who God is and what he's done for you. Father, help them. We're here to help you get saved, help you know more about it. We're not trying to push anything down your throat at all. God, help us in Jesus' name. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.